Welcome to Be Great Today with Coach B, talking with people from all walks of life who have the extraordinary will to succeed so you can learn how to live a successful life. And now, here's your host, Coach Josh Batchelor. What's up, guys, and welcome into today's show. Today is a treat for me. Often when I invite people onto the show, I kind of already know the answer going in. I know whether they're going to say yes or no. This is a first for me because I honestly expected the answer to be no. And when I talked to Matt Rollins from Anchor Bat Company about coming on the show, he was 100% on board, and we're so excited and so grateful to have you on, Matt. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to Looking forward to chatting and uh, seeing where it leads. For sure. So Matt is a, an, as I said, an owner of the Anchor Bat Company. He and his dad started this uh, endeavor a while back. We'll let him talk more about that. Matt is a graduate of Blue Ridge High School uh, up in, uh, well, I guess it's Blue Ridge, South Carolina. And then from there, he played high school baseball. Uh, was a standout athlete who ended up going to North Greenville and playing, had dreams and aspirations of playing professional baseball, and things didn't work out, but he, he was a standout athlete up there for North Greenville. And then when he got out, he decided uh, to to take on this endeavor. Matt, you want to talk a little bit about uh, growing up, Blue Ridge, s- similar to, to Blacksburg as far as kind of being rural and uh, obviously a bigger landmass, but a rural area. Talk about growing up in Blue Ridge, South Carolina, what it was like playing baseball and, and your dreams and aspirations of playing pro ball. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, Blue Ridge is an interesting area in the fact that, like, we we don't have a zip code. We don't, like, there's no area called Blue Ridge. So it's, it's kind of weird, but so people, when they were trying to, like, really see where we were from and stuff, I'm like, listen, Blue Ridge doesn't really exist. It's you know, either part of Greer or part of Taylor's or, you know, some for some students that went there, it's like part of Landrum. So kind of a weird hodgepodge with how they pull it all together, but it's in the Greenville County um, circle. But yeah, after I finished going to school there and, um, you know, playing baseball, uh, you know, did what everybody was, most everybody wants to do of go on and play college and stayed local, went to North Greenville University, had the opportunity to go to some other places, some pretty far away and some, you know, relatively close by, but love my time at North Greenville. And honestly, like I, I still was, um, I entered my senior year of high school at 16 and turned 17 in my senior year. So like I still had a couple of years of growing to do once I got to college. Now it seems like a lot of a lot of high school kids are like 19 when they're graduating because they get held back or whatever for athletics. And, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely like different. So I felt like a, like a boy still when, you know, I graduated high school and, um, went to NGU, had the chance to, you know, play with a lot of great guys and, you know, we weren't bad at all. Um, quick shout out to North Greenville. They actually won the D2, College World Series this past year under Landon Powell, who's a really good friend of mine. And um, the guys just did a, a great job and kind of honestly walked through the World Series this year, Absolutely. Um, which was a little bit of a surprise that they did, you know, as, as well as they did up there without being, you know, too challenged. But really, really solid, solid staff and solid team. And they've built just an amazing culture up there that's been fun to watch. And we're still, you know, very active and involved with, 
being part of the university and specifically part of the baseball program. But, um, but yeah, like as, as I went there, I started for four years. Uh, my last couple years started kind of coming into a prom with just my body developing and, you know, be- becoming more comfortable as a player. Um, honestly, I thought I was going to get drafted after my junior year, had a freak injury um, toward the latter part of my junior season, but I thought there was still an outside shot um, that I would get picked up that year. Didn't, came back for my senior year, senior year, you know, had a, had a pretty good year and went to, I think, four pre-draft workouts to where we were in, you know, handful of guys across the country were invited. They do it a little bit differently now, but, you know, like I remember going to the Braves workout and there were probably 25 guys from across the country that were there. And like John Sherholtz, who was the GM at the time and, you know, all of his, his like director of scouting and assistant GM and this guy and that guy, they were all there. And, um, you know, those were neat experiences. Um, and still, you know, even leading up to a couple of days prior to the draft, thought I was going to get drafted. Had a couple of clubs to, you know, tell me to be anticipate to be drafted between, you know, this round and that round. Um, in the middle of it all, actually was engaged, and my wife Colette and I got married. Cut our honeymoon short to be back in time for the draft because we had already been told hey, you're going to go to, you know, with the Red Sox, Lowell, Massachusetts for short season. And, you know, we know that you're getting married or in the process of getting married. So we'll have you some, you know, housing that'll be um, conducive to, you know, bring your wife with you. And I mean, we really thought, man, this is it. Like we're, you know, this dream of all of these years is about to come a reality. And then the draft comes and goes and name isn't called. And, it just kind of starts a whirlwind of, you know, what's next in life and ended up, you know, getting picked up. The Padres uh, ended up buying my contract and putting me on an independent team up in Pennsylvania for um, for a season. And just like nothing planned, nothing that, that I had planned came to fruition. And honestly, it was a really bitter pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I don't even like talking about it today because it's, it just gets me worked up. So thanks a lot for bringing this up, but, <laughs> um, but no, so it, it, it really kind of started me on this journey of my identity was so much as a baseball player, you know, anytime I saw family that I rarely saw, you know, how's baseball going, you know, what's the latest, anytime you saw friends, how's baseball going, what's the latest, you know, so it, it, it was my identity mm-hmm. and definitely not in a healthy way. and. You know, it's, I guess, I guess it still is to a degree, but, um, you know, my views on the game have changed a lot and the, you know, desperation I had to make it is, you know, obviously not at the level that it was, but it's still like, it's frustrating. And I, I think the majority of guys, whether they don't make it or even if they do make it, if they didn't have a Hall of Fame career, you know, there's frustrations that they'll have in their voice as well of like, man, I wish I would have been a starter and not a reliever. I wish I wouldn't have been in a backup or I wish I wouldn't have played for this organization and played for that organization. I, I think there's always, you know, frustrations that kind of come along with it. So after, you know, the door kind of closed for me without my wanting it to, um, there was definitely a pretty substantial amount of bitterness that, that crept in. And um, personally, I didn't want to be near the game. Um, I didn't want to go watch a game. I didn't want to do anything. 
Um, so, you know, it was, a, it, it's still been a process and it's, you know, 20 years later. So it's, it's just something that I think a lot of guys can comprehend with the, you know, you think you have that opportunity. Uh, you've done work for all of these years. It's everything that you, I mean, I had no plan B. There was no, there was no plan B. Right. Um, I, I went to school to play baseball. Like I did not go to school to get an education. Um, that was just me personally. You know, I'm, I'm, it, it was college was not for me other than the platform of being able to go and play baseball, which I think is, you know, what's, what's great about college athletics is that forces people like me who probably wouldn't have gone otherwise had it not been for, you know, the sport. Um, so anyway, after that kind of just took a job, got in the corporate world a little bit, did that for a little bit more than 10 years. My wife and I were just kind of, you know, not going through the motions, but, you know, working toward, Hey, I, I think we can do this and that and whatever. But there was always this part of me that was like, um, man, I would, I would love to be part of the game, but I definitely can't coach um, because of still just like, I want to take BP. I want to take infield outfield. Like, you know, I, I still wanted to participate more than I wanted to coach. So uh, I knew that would, that would be a disaster. So my dad and I had always kind of spoken about, you know, what it would look like to start a business, um, specifically like in the baseball space and even more specific with baseball bats being, you know, kind of the, no pun, but the anchor around the, you know, the business. And, um, and anyway, so there had just kind of came a point in life to where we said, Hey, if we're ever going to do it, you know, now's the time. Mm -hmm. And, Let's figure out what that looks like. Um, I had never started a business. Um, it, I've been a part of a couple startups, but I'd never, you know, actually started a business from from scratch personally. And but it thought that I'd been, you know, a part of a couple of startups enough to, you know, felt like I could figure it out. And you know, seven years later, still trying to figure it out. But um, <laughs> it's it's one of those things to where we didn't take it lightly, and we knew. Um, you know, it was going to be a, a difficult challenge and journey. Um, and, and, and in doing so, I was like, well, you know what? Like, let's reach out to every bat company and sports manufacturer and see if they'll meet with us. To which I found out real quick, the majority said, absolutely. Well, the majority didn't respond. And then the majority of people that did respond said, absolutely not. <laughs> and then the handful actually said, yeah, sure. You know, come visit us and, you know, let's you know, let's, let's hear what you're looking to do and you can see what we're doing and, you know, go from there. And definitely kind of felt like that was God's favor of him opening up some doors to where it allowed us to build, you know, a business plan and kind of like wrap our heads around, you know, the space from a business perspective. Um, so that was about a six month process in, in doing that. Still had a full-time job. And then it kind of came to the point where I realized that I was either going to be doing two things not at my best, you know, working for my employer at the time and then trying to start this business or just kind of dive head first and say, you know, let's figure this back company out and I'll work side jobs as long as it takes to, you know, to, to be self-sufficient. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, the whole process began and, you know, it's a lot more woven into it throughout it, but um, in a nutshell, that's where we are. Gotcha. How we started, rather. <clears throat> and so, a lot to unpack there. You know, some of the 
things that I heard you say, you talked about your identity and how it was so much tied up in to being a baseball player. And I fight that as a coach because it's what I do, but not who I am. And it's how I'm perceived a lot of times. So people will look at me and they know that I coach high school baseball. And so people call you, like they change your name, right? Your name, my name's no longer Josh. My name is coach. And it's real easy to lose yourself in that. Some people lose it in the, you know, in how good they are at it or how I'll say this, how blessed they are. Because most of the time you, you get kids who, who are really good at playing the game. And when you can compile talent on a team, it's easy to be a coach. Cause I've been on both sides. When you're talking about being a coach and a player, it's really easy to lose yourself in that identity. And, and for people to assume that that's just who you are is Matt Rollins, the baseball player. When in all actuality, you were created to be so much more than just a baseball player because you're a father, you're a husband, you're a son, you know, you're a friend. And those things people lose sight of because they don't find the significance in it. The reality of it is, is you may be remembered for starting anchor bats, but to someone, you're a whole lot more than that. And to a lot of someone, you're a whole lot more than that. And I think as athletes, we get tied up in this return on investment because we do spend so much time investing in being the best we can possibly be, whether it's lifting weights or taking BP or in and out and working drills and trying to get faster and trying to be the best version of ourselves, that we, when we don't get that return on investment, we lose sight of the, you know, the importance of, of what we did. And, you know, I tell my guys, uh, baseball guys, I say, you know, hard work doesn't ensure anything other than you can sleep with your, you, you can sleep at night. And essentially what I mean is someone out there is always just better. And I had a guy on, um, a couple of weeks ago who got released from, uh, the, the major leagues. He was in double a ball and he got released and, he worked as hard as anybody could work. He did as best as he could, but the analytics of the of the game and how they we've kind of trended that way, basically they said that he wasn't good enough based on the numbers. And so that's a tough pill to swallow when you feel like you're doing your best, you feel like you're doing well, you're, you know, your stats aren't terrible, but at the same time, some guy who's got a calculator saying that you're not good enough. So, you know, I just, I just want to encourage you, man, to continue to strive to be great every day because you are, um, you're a whole lot more than the baseball player that, you know, that didn't get drafted or, or whatever. You're, you're a whole lot more than that. And then one thing I thought that you said was absolutely like, for me as a coach, I see guys who can't coach, but they were really good baseball players and they just want to be around the game, but they don't have the wherewithal to know that they can't coach. And I don't want to throw shade at anybody or, or call any names or anything like that. I'm just saying it happens. And for you to know yourself well enough to say, hey, you know, I can't, I, I, I can't coach because I'll, I'll want to be in the case taking the cuts too. Or, you know, I want to be out there showing them how to take fly balls. I think that was huge, especially at the age you were at, to be able to say that. Because a lot of times what will happen is guys will go in and they'll ruin other guys' high school careers trying to be a coach that they were never called or intended to be. So – Man, that's that's all really good stuff, dude. I appreciate I appreciate you sharing that. I know, like you said, it what it's not easy. Um, and and like I said, I'm just a high school baseball coach who started a podcast, so I'm you know I'm nobody important. And I know you've been on the Today Show and all those things, and uh, a whole lot bigger time than this. So I I appreciate you sharing.
Oh yeah, no man, absolutely. So, um, so we talked a little bit about prior to coming on the air. We talked about uh, you guys starting the Anchor Bat um, company. You and your dad pretty much got together and, and and made this thing happen. He he's actually like a master master craftsman, right? Yeah, he he's he's kind of one of those guys that for me I'm more of a just a knuckle dragger like you know I'm I'm not great at any one specific thing um he's you know he's got a a gift of like making things and a little bit frustrating that he can do you know as easy as he does with stuff and um you know he literally the first time I think I was either at the end of my high school career or had just started college, but nonetheless, I had started to use wood a little bit. And, you know, at the time the Greenville Braves were here in town and I would go and um, kind of connive my way into to getting a free bat or two from a player. Um, probably something that they just didn't want to swing anymore. And they just, just shut me up would give me something. But um, he, he had kind of gotten to the point of he's like, man, I think I can, I think I can make some of that. And I was thinking, what in the world? There's no way. And, you know, to myself, but sure enough, you know, he gets some wood and makes a couple of bats, you know, from billets just by hand, like turning it by hand, like on a, on a lathe, but not a CNC, Mm -hmm. um, you know, at that point, but he just had a a gift of being able to do it. And, um, it's kind of, kind of crazy. Like fast forward all of these years from, from those initial couple bats that he made, and we found them. Like we didn't keep them for sentimental value or any kind of reasoning specifically, other than we just don't throw anything away. And <laughs> he um, found them, and it's kind of wild. It was like, man, this actually would have been a really good model. Like this would have been one of our models today if we would have, you know, found it early enough. And still might be, but it just like it felt good. Like it was a, it was a, it was a good turned bat. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, kind of looking back, it was a little bit of you know, I guess, uh, foreshadowing of what was to come of, of him doing that. But yeah, he, he can go in and just make anything. And he's, uh, I guess one thing that I've taken away from him is we're is about frustratingly as you can perfectionist and OCD to the, you know, 10th degree, but he, uh, you know, he just always is taking pride in what he makes and, you know, trying to do a really good job with it. And in this industry, you know, that's kind of imperative, um, to separate yourself from, you know, just mediocre and middle of the run type, you know, type companies that exist and, you know, not to knock them, they kind of know their lane and that's what they want to do. And for us, it was, it was important to be, you know, an exceptional product. And, you know, we've obviously grown with the quality of our product over the years, but um, I would say we've always done the best we could do. Um, But looking back on it, like the best we could do five, six years ago, is a lot different than the best we can do right now. So our product's better, right. it looks better, like our processes are better. Like So we've grown along the process most definitely over these last number of years, but we've always at least had an internal striving of producing a really high-quality product. But it is it's not embarrassing. I guess, you know, it's, a, it's something to, you know, semi-be proud of, but, like, to see the product that we were putting out five, six years ago, um, versus the product that we're putting out now, it's it's not even in the same category. So we at least have that to be grateful for that we've you know we haven't just stayed status quo with where we entered at versus where we are now. So that's one thing I guess we can internally be proud of. 
Absolutely. And, you know, when you talk about, when you talk about doing anything, um, you're going to get better as you go. And I think for me, be great today that that's kind of the, the mindset behind it. So I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. And I, I talk to my guys all the time about a windshield and looking straight out the windshield and we're not looking in the rearview mirror. You know, you know, Paul in the book Philippians, he talks about, he says, not that I've already attained it or become perfect, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and I press on to what lies ahead. And when you talk about be great today, the only way you can be great today is if you forget what lies behind and you press on to what lies ahead. And, you know, I, I think Paul puts it in perspective a lot. He talks in terms of athletics. I use this stuff so much in, in pregame routines because, you know, he, was a, he, he talks about running the race and, you know, discipline your body in such a way that you run to win and you're not just out there running. I think that's a testament to what you guys are doing, that you're out there running to win, especially when you talk about being up against, say, a Louisville slugger. You know, you guys didn't break in on, like, batting gloves. You know, like something this small time, like there is so much emphasis put on bats. As a baseball coach, the kids are always talking about the newest bat, the hottest bat. Is You know, this thing jumps off the bat. So much is emphasis put on that that you guys didn't break in at a, you know, you're not doing mouth guards, right? I mean, you guys are, you're on the forefront. You're, you're, you are the show. Like one of the biggest things at the Home Run Derby that, that you noticed was what color bat the guy swinging, what, you know, what, what's on the bat who made the bat, all those things. And you guys broke in on that level. And that takes some gumption just to say, Hey, I'm, you know, we're operating out of Greenville, South Carolina. Um, and, and, and we're here now. So you guys actually operate though out of your grandmother's house. Is that right? Yeah. At the moment we still, you know, what started out is like, Hey, we're only gonna be here for six months, you know, and then we'll move. It's just, we've just stayed. Um, and we, we know that, you know, we've, we've got several, several lanes that we're looking at, like in the next is as early as 30 days of, of not being where we are anymore, just to, you know, increase our volume and be more efficient. And, um, but honestly, like it's allowed us to stay in business as long as we have mm-hmm. by, you know, not having that additional overhead, um, that wasn't truly warranted other than just, you know, wanting a space that looks better. Um, but, you know, we get, it gets the job done. And at the end of the day, you know, we've, we've realized, at least from the professionals, they don't care where it's made as long as it's good. Mm-hmm. And quality. Yeah, they just, they're looking for a quality product that they can feel, you know, confident in, you know, when, when they take their at-bat. Um, so, yeah, but for the moment, we're still here. Um, I don't think it'll be much longer at all. But, um, you know, we'll ride it here as long as we can. And then, um, you know, we'll take one of these other avenues when, when that time comes. Right. And you, you talked about it, but the, the players are looking for quality. Speaking of quality, Bryce Harper actually swung one of your bats, right? What was, can you explain that experience? Like, what was that like? You're sitting there. Were you, were you there? Were you, was it on TV? I mean, but like just the fact that a guy who a lot of people, you know, revere in the game has got a piece of your equipment is in his hand. What, what's that like? Yeah, honestly, I mean, Bryce has used this a good bit. We've actually got six that we're sending out to him as soon as, you know, he gets back from his, his hand injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's used this a little bit off and on throughout this whole time, but 
is kind of wild. I mean, honestly, this is like one of those like God favors of like, just keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, we happen to be in Atlanta. He had gotten some bats from us. Um, to our knowledge, no one had ever used this in a big league game leading up to that. And literally we just happened to be at the game and first, first at bat, he comes up, he's using, you know, another company. And I, I totally did not anticipate him using us the, you know, the first day he received our product. Um, but later he had said, you know, he took BP in the tunnels. It was like raining that day. So he didn't even take BP on the field. Um, he had just taken BP in the tunnels and said, man, it felt really good. It felt hard, like felt confident going up the plate with it. So his second at bat, he came rolling out, and, you know, here he is using us. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, this is insane. Mm-hmm. You know, our first ever big leaguer, you know, to use us in a major league game, not spring training is Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, arguably one of the bigger names of, you know, in the game and has been for the last number of years. And, for sure, you know, here he is using us. Mm-hmm. I think my wife was like, not like bawling, but like tears rolling down the face. For sure. You know, I, I didn't get nervous playing. Like I had good butterflies, but like, you know, never, never felt the moment was too big for me. That was the moment though. I actually was nervous. I was like, God, please. I don't care really what he does, the outcome. Just don't let him shatter this bat right now. <laughs> and because people all the time, they're like, Hey, you know, I want that good big league wood. And I'm like, we don't, we don't get anything other than like one grade of wood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we're not like having magical fairies grab wood for the big leaguers and then everything else is for everyone else. And that's not the way that, that we operate. It's literally like it's all coming from the same batch. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's no more confidence that we have with the piece of wood that he's using versus a, you know, a 13-year-old a that's using wood for the first time. So it can break on the first swing that you ever use the bat. Like, that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, it typically doesn't break on the first swing if you hit it on the barrel. So I'm, I was more concerned with him, you know, hitting it on the end or the handle and just being like, ah, crap, you know, in our first moment. It's you know, it's off. kind of, yeah. But he hit a, you know, 380-foot, fly ball to deep right center that was it was caught like at the warning track or something but he he absolutely crushed it just got under it a little bit but for me i was like all right you know that that i will take that mm-hmm. um so but yeah that was our first big league at bad and you know fast forward to lots of up and downs along the along the way this past i don't even know what today is but in the past week or so whenever the all-star game was in los angeles we were out there at it um, you know, walking in the tunnels of Dodger Stadium to, um, you know, deliver swag packs for, you know, the guys on the American League and National League side. So, you know, to see from that first at bat of Harper using us to like, you know, walking in the tunnels of, in the clubhouses of Dodger Stadium is just like, we're not where we want to be, but man, this has been a wild journey along the way. Um, so, you know, Things like that take place, and it's just, I'm not going to say affirmation, but it, it, it at least gives you the, um, you know, that emotional, like, all right, we're, we're doing something right. Let's just keep going. You know, like, let's just keep pressing ahead mm-hmm. um, to get those opportunities because, you know, those are, 
those are neat opportunities. And, you know, it was me, my wife and daughter delivering, you know, 80 kits to, you know, the lockers of the biggest names in baseball. And so just, you know, there, there have been really cool experiences that we've, you know, we've been able to do over the years. And we, um, some, some of them were able to document, some of them were not. MLB is really, really strict. Um, we can't post any pictures of like inside stadiums. We can't post any pictures of players if they're in uniform with their club um, because we're not licensed for that. We're only licensed for them to be able to use our bat in a game, but we can't take pictures or we get sued by MLB or definitely get reprimanded. And then like, right. you know, if you keep doing it, then it's, it's not a good, it's, it's not a good thing. So a lot of what we have been able to do, we really haven't been able to publicly document just because of the restrictions that, you know, come into that. But we kind of have a rule, um, unwritten rule, which I know aren't very popular in the game of baseball right now, but our unwritten rule is we never ask for a pitcher. And the only time we ask for pictures is when we have a really strong rapport with a player. Um, like we view them as family and vice versa. Um, we'll say, Hey, let, let's, let's snag a pick. Um, and, and, or they, they do. So it's, you know, it makes it even easier when they say, Hey, let's get, you know, let's get a pick or whatever. And then the only other time is, uh, have, you know, I tell my daughter, like, if we know, we're never going to see that person again. You can ask for a picture. Right. And, but if there's ever a chance of us seeing or befriending them, we will not ask for anything. And she's really good at it. Like she'll every once in a while, like lean up and whisper. She's like, I can't ask. Right. And I'm like, Nope. And <laughs> you know, then there's other times where she's like, what about now? And I'm like, yep, no, we're good. We're good. Yeah. So, um, and it's just, I mean, she just wants to post it on Instagram, so it's not, right. you know, it's not anything crazy. But, um, yeah, just to see kind of like the first at bat of Harper to like where we are now is kind of just kind of crazy. And, I, you know, we don't, we try not to ask for favors because, you know, when you're asking for favors, they, they can turn into a common theme of like you're always asking for things. Right. And this, when NGU was in the World Series, I was like, Dang, you know, I haven't, I haven't really asked anything of anyone um, really ever um, with within this process. And I was like, it'd be cool to do a video for the guys. So like they had a little, you know, little support video that, that kind of hit the wave where uh, Harper sent in something, Manny Machado sent in something, Byron Buxton with the twins sent in something, Smoltz sent in something, um, a couple of our top, um, prospects like young guys, but they're going to be, you know, the perspective of big league all stars for a long time in their career. Jordan Adams and Bubba Thompson, you know, we but we had some of those guys that I was just like, hey man, is there any way you can send in a, you know, fifteen second clip for you know for the guys competing, and and they all did it without without question. So, That's you know, it's, it's it's one of yeah, it's just one of those things to where if you do things the right way. Um, it doesn't always pay dividends, but you know, at least we know that we've done things the right way. And, and when you do, when you do opportunities kind of just tend to, to open up for some unique experiences and, um, kind of friendships and rapport within the, you know, within the community, especially professionally speaking. No. And so Eric Thomas says this, he says, most people can't outlast their old 
you long enough to get to your new you. And Ed Milet says, there's power in one more. And you talked about Bryce Harper using your bat, but there were so many opportunities leading up to that point to quit. There's so many times where things come up and you think, am I really like, is this worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Should I be doing something else? You know, should I, should I be in some other form or facet? And then to see that come to fruition and Bryce Harper swinging your stuff and you guys in the, you know, in Dodger stadium, those are just like little life nuggets where God's throwing it back at you. Like, man, you're right where you need to be. And I think that to me, the best place you can ever be is right where God wants you to be. And some people will kind of get like anxious or try to act out of pocket and try to do things out of, out of turn, but that doesn't speed up the timeline God's got you on, right? No matter what, you know, like Noah built a boat for 120 days before, I mean, 120 years before it ever rained. That's got to be frustrating to constantly be building a boat. And nobody's ever seen rain, but you guys have been building a boat, man. And, um, you know, different kind of wood, but it's just, I think it's awesome to hear the fact that, you know, you, you struggle like everyone else struggles. You have thoughts and doubts and questions, but it never, and that's why I like talking to entrepreneurs, business owners. We, we talked about this prior to coming on the air, but coaches, players, uh, athletes, business owners, the, these people are all like-minded people and they all share the same vision of being great today. And I, it's just, that's huge for me to hear that because there's so many times when I coach, I wonder, is it worth it? Like, is what I'm doing worthwhile? Am I making the difference that I want to make? Could I be making it in a different area? Could I be doing better in a different, you know, field of, of endeavor? But I just keep pressing on, you know, I just keep getting up and I keep going one more day. And, um, you know, and there are days like, like you're talking about, but, but mine, mine is when kids walk across the stage or when you see them in the grocery store and they say, coach, you know, I appreciate everything you did. Or they, or you get a text and say, you know, I, I have a kid who has been ju- Juco for the past couple seasons. And he texted me the other day and said, coach, I want to let you know, I just got on at Belmont Abbey and I appreciate everything you did for me. The, the reality of it is, is that kid was good, you know, and he, he had to work and grind. I just tried to help him through the high school phase. You know, I didn't have any control over what he did when he left me and he kept working and kept getting better. And now he's, seeing the fruits of his labor, but he, he credited me for everything that I did leading up to. And those are the, those are the reasons why I get up and do what I do every day. So, man, I, that's, that's a, that's awesome, bro. And I, like I said, I appreciate you sharing this stuff. Cause I know for, for us, it, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we work, we work so hard every day and you don't see those things every day, you know? So, um, yeah, I would say definitely like people, People always, not always, but, you know, generally speaking, it's easier to look to think that grass is greener on the other side of like, man, I wish I could do this or I wish I've done that with my life or, you know, I wish I, you know, had had the ability to do X. Most of the time, like, if you knew what people were going through, you would never want to switch. You would, not, you would not want to be in that situation. And, like, my wife and my daughter – like the things that we've put them through, like, you know, not intentionally, but just the grind of a small business startup that has not been overly financially rewarding. Like, and we had a, you know, had a pretty strong feeling it wasn't going to be for quite some time, but you know, they're like, Oh my gosh, y'all get to travel and you get to do this and do that. I'm like, 
that was a 30-second picture <laughs> of a 6,000-mile trip. Like, right. you know, in the past, you know, I think we were gone for nine days because we MLB didn't let us know about the, you know, opportunity for the All-Star game until enough time to where we had no option but to drive it to Los Angeles. So, um, and we barely, barely pulled that off. But five of the nine nights we were gone, like, we didn't check in a hotel until after 3 a.m. And several of the nights it was, you know, just before 4.30. And, like, there's not many people that are willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Like, there was nothing about that trip that was easy. But, you know, the social media side, people see, they're like, oh, man, that was cool or that was neat or this looked amazing. I'm like, yeah, we just drove 6,000 miles in nine days. Like, that is a lot. That's a, that's a lot. And that was with my you know, daughter and wife. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, it, it's not, we skip, you know, crap. We probably had on average of like one and a half meals a day during that time frame because of the rest of the time we were driving as hard as we could to get there and back. But, <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's one of those things to where, you know, not, not to sound ungrateful for where we are and what we've done, but, no. you know, it's one of those things to where people often are like, man, if I just had that person's life or if I just had, you know, that person's opportunity. Um, but in reality, if we knew what that was, we would probably in no way want to switch with them. And even, even speaking to like the pro guys, like, you know, a lot of them have turned into like family, like they, um, like they really are like we, we care for them, you know, just like we would family, maybe even more honestly. And they, and they struggle, you know, like it's tough. Like their life is tough. And yes, some of them have a little bit of money, you know, that they've accumulated from, you know, signing bonuses or whatever, but, but their, you know, their life is not, it's not simple. Um, just because they have some money doesn't mean that, you know, it's not incredibly frustrating to have, you know, these idiots on social media that basically will tell, I mean, they're, they're crazy. People are crazy. They'll, they'll tag them and say like how horrible of a player you are. Like, I hope that you, you know, get released. Like, come on, man. Right. You know, like it's these are people we're talking about, and the and, and like our guys, they aren't asking for it. I know there's some athletes and you know politicians and just people in the limelight that they kind of ask for what they get. Um, our our guys and other guys, they're not asking for it. It's just idiots being idiots to tell them how you know horrible they are and how you know they they wish such ill upon them. But it's like, man, just the world would be a better place, I think, without social media, but I don't think that's ever going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a way of like how to actually, you know, handle and move on with that. But, um, but anyway, it's just, it really is been more eye-opening, I would say, than anything of just seeing like, you know, the life that a lot of people wish for. That's not the reality of like the situation of what's going on. So you know, most of the time, like where we are is better than where most are, um, regardless of what it looks or feels like. So that's, that's definitely been one of the lessons that we've learned throughout this venture of, you know, us looking to other people saying, Hey, we wish we had their life. And then other people looking at us and saying, man, I wish we could do something like you guys are doing. And I'm just like, dude, I I promise you, you don't. Um, um, but you know, to, to each their own. And, right. you know, that, that's kind of one of the things that drives people to be better for themselves and their families. When we talk about being 
in the limelight, like you said, people saw the Instagram post or whatever, and they think, you know, oh, I love it. The, the problem is uh, people don't see the grind and they don't understand what goes into it. So like just in coaching, the majority of the things that I deal with are not standing in the third base box, deciding whether we're going to hit and run here. The majority of the things I deal with are leading up to before and after the game. That that's the reality. I, you know, I spend a lot of time cutting grass. I let us I spend a lot of time lining fields and dragging dirt and watering dirt. And I spend a lot of time, you know, talking to parents about playing time, this, that, and the third. And and so people don't see that part. They see the part where you're waving somebody around second, you know, around third, heading for home, and he slides in safe, and you walk off the team, and you you know you survive and advance in the playoffs. And they think, man, yeah. it must be awesome to be a coach. Brother, if it was all walk-off victories, yeah, but I've been walked off a bunch too. And yeah, exactly. You, you know, and so when you talk about the you know people having money and people equate money to better. The thing is, the lack of money, it can cause problems for you, right? Cuz I grew up poor. I know what it's like not to have money, and I know what it's like, you know, to be okay too. But the the excess of money doesn't ensure happiness. I mean, it's, you know, it's a good tool to use money's a good tool to use and it can it can certainly help alleviate some problems but the the reality of it is is it doesn't it doesn't ensure you're going to be happy because you there's plenty of people like those major leaguers making plenty of money and for some reason that may be the only reason they're hanging on because they hate what they do every day you know and so i working with high school kids i try to tell them all the time look you don't have to go to college i mean college is a great tool if you know why you're going but if you're going to college to get a liberal arts degree to go into something and work, you know, work for a library, you could probably go ahead and get in that library and start working your way up. You know? Exactly. And and so, like I said, I've said it before on the show, but it may be an unpopular opinion. But the reality of it is, is everybody's not built to go to college. And there's no reason why you should go and get in debt, because when you come out, you're making less money than you can pay for. You know, I mean, you got a you got a, a student loan debt now that you can't pay for with the job that you got coming out of college because you're probably not even using the degree you got. So, you know, I think I think for you, it and being an outsider, being able to see what you've done, turning your passion into a profit is the best way to go about anything because there's such an avenue nowadays. I mean, there's no reason why you can't, you know, if you if you like drawing, there's no reason why you can't make money off drawing. You know, if you like baseball, there's some form or fashion that you can go into the the game and make money. If you're an analytical guy, it's the prime time, you know, so. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I think that's just, I think that's huge that, that and that's why I like having people like you on, because I can take this information back to high school kids and say, hey, listen to this guy. You know, he did it. He, he's done. He's been there, done that. You know, he's played the game. He's played at a high level. You know, he's on the verge of being in the in the show and now he's still making a living doing what he loves to do. And I think that's just that's been huge for me. So so we've talked a lot. I wanted to get to this before we go. We we're running we're running close to the end here, but so the anchor logo, can you talk a little bit about the logo? Because so synonymous with what you guys do. We order bats from these guys. Uh, if you're listening, we order bats from these guys every single year for our seniors as a, as a gift. They do a tremendous job. It's a, a super easy transition. But one of the things that's synonymous is the, is the logo that they have. So you talk a little bit about that and where it came from and how you guys came up with it. Yeah, so, you know, like literally when we were meeting with other companies, you know, kind of during that six-month, ish cycle of 
you know, me still working full time, like in the corporate side of things. And then, um, you know, trying to, you know, just see what this vision looks like, you know, bringing it to a full circle. And we didn't have a name during that entire cycle. Um, so, you know, I'm going and meeting with other companies and, you know, seeing their operations and talking to them about kind of like an internal dream that we have, but it was much more of just listening rather than me speaking. Um, and, you know, and finally at some point it was like, all right, well, we've, we've done a lot of due diligence. Um, we're starting to cast out what we want to do and what that vision, you know, we believe looks like we don't have a name. Like we need to figure a name out. And we brought on a consultant and, you know, a guy that has a phenomenal track record um, in the space of like um, copy and creativity with, with things like this. So we thought, man, it's going to be a slam dunk. Like we'll probably have a name in the next 48 hours. And, you know, six weeks later, we were still scratching our heads, just not liking anything that, that came across, you know, the email or text that we're, you know, corresponding back and forth. Mm-hmm. And we were like, dang, like, what are we going to do? Like, we definitely need a name. Like, that's a necessity. Like, you can't even get a social media handle without a name or a website without a name. So um, we need that. And we can't design a logo without a name. So, like, you know, there's all these reasons that, you know, you, you have to have one. And so my, my wife's mom was living um, in Tipton, Georgia, which is roughly five, five and a half hours from Greenville. And we were headed down one weekend and I said, Hey, before we get to your mom's, we need to have a name. And, you know, as I remember the story, it was like, there's no way we're going to get a name in that. You know, we've been trying for six or eight weeks to, to come up with a name and nothing stuck. So I was like, well, now's the time. So as we're driving down, like there were certain things that we wanted it to be. Like we wanted it to be part of our faith if possible to like, you know, integrate that into the scenario of the name to integrate in a logo that could be a global type logo of regardless of your language. Um, you could look at it and, you know, be a, in essence, a universal symbol. Um, and then kind of thirdly, something that where, you know, guys are watching a game on TV or at a ballpark and they see, you know, the logo, it could be Googled, if that's a word. But um, those were kind of the three things. So our faith, global opportunity with it, and then, you know, something that could be Googled. And as we're driving, I think we were like in Macon or Perry, Georgia, which is definitely over halfway. And Anchor had came up one time. So my wife, Delecta, had wrote it down and just nothing else was sticking. So we kept, you know, every 10, 15 miles, we're like, Anchor, I kind of like that. And, you know, we get roughly 25, 30 miles from Tifton, Georgia. And like we had, you know, obviously kept saying other names, but Anchor just kept coming back to us. Mm -hmm. So I called my dad and I was like, hey, what do you think about Anchor? He didn't care. He was like, sounds good to me. So, (laughs) so like. We literally, like, his decision was easy. I think we could have about said anything, and he was just over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it came back at Anchor, and then from there, you know, we went through probably four or five logo changes in from the initial concept to, like, what we have now. And Anchor Back Company has definitely been shortened to just Anchor over the last number of years. But, it's you know, it's been interesting to see, like, 
our apparel is doing pretty well, like surprisingly for like what we've initially had envisioned with it. Um, we've had guys like, you know, Chris Stapleton, Jason Aldean, uh, his wife, Brittany, like all kinds of just like super random people that, you know, wear our stuff and we don't know them. Like we don't have any relationship with them. They just like the look. They like the brand. They like the feel of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the rest has kind of been history with it. So it's, it's definitely been something that our logo, his logo and name, you know, kind of combined have, have pulled a lot of people into just, if nothing else, being interested in what it is that we're doing. But, um, so yeah, that, that's kind of where it kind of full circle came from. Gotcha. And, you know, so being a baseball coach, I wear a lot of baseball apparel and I can just say, guys, if you're looking for swag, they definitely have it. You know, I've been to Myrtle beach. I've been to, I've been in Orlando, you know, and I've had people come up and say things about my hat. You know, I've got one of the the just black on white trucker hats that says anchor bats. I've got a, a couple shirts, but you know, people come up and they'll just say, Hey, where'd you, you know, where'd you get that? And one of them actually says Greenville, South Carolina on it. And I'm like, man, just check out anchor.com. Like, you know, just go in there and look it up. Uh, you know, they're on social media or whatever. And so it's, it's cool to see when you talk about like how it crosses platforms, right? So it, you know, country music singers are wearing baseball apparel because they like the look of it. And I think, I think no, no pun intended. You guys hit a home run with it. I mean, it's one of those things where when you look at the logo, I mean, you guys do, do you still do the burlap sacks? We, uh, sometimes we do it. Um, we ran into, we'll blame it on COVID, ran into the issue of not being able to find the, find the bags anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, and my mother-in-law, um, she passed away a, a, since Anchor's been, been going of, of cancer and it was pretty abrupt, but she, she was the one that sewed our bag. So like we would buy used coffee bean sacks and we would cut them up and then she would sew them. And then when she passed away, uh, we, you know, had a difficult time even finding a seamstress, you know, a seamstress that would, that would want to sew it. Right. Um, regardless of how, like what we were paying. And then, so it, it, this is where my dad comes back into play, drive you crazy. He like, screw it. I'll just buy a sewing machine and then he was sewing them right um and so and then it just got to where we were having a difficult time finding them but we still do them like on special occasions and or if someone will say hey man like i bought one you know six years ago and it came with this burlap sack is there any way you know this is for my second kid can i get one and we'll you know we'll kind of make a way if we if we can on you know seeing that happen but um but yeah it was just kind of a cool way of of presenting it and, and people receiving it that way. And well, I just think, I think it was such a cool touch. And you know, when, when we first started buying from you guys, um, I guess it's probably been six or seven years ago. Well, four or five years ago, uh, it was right before us of try 2018 is when we started. And I just thought it was just such a cool touch, but it had the logo on it. It was a smooth thing. Like I, there, I, I keep them. So I, the ones I have are in my office and the kids are like, Hey, can I, no, sir, that's mine. So, but yeah, they, they, they do have that cool vibe to it for sure. Yeah. So, so kind of getting on that wavelength, we talk merchandise, we talk those things. We're kind of, kind of running short on time about the land, the plane, but, uh, you guys are on social media, uh, your website, you got merchandise out there. If anybody's interested in buying bats, kind of take us on that journey. Tell us, where we can go to get the stuff, uh, it, obviously we know it's quality stuff, is, and, and I can speak from experience, right, because we, we've been buying for a while now. Quality stuff, you're not going to find a better-looking brand 
anywhere, uh, you know, Louisville, whoever, like bar none, they're, they're top, top notch. So talk about uh, your website. Let us know your social media. Let us know where we can get this stuff. Yeah. So um, website is we're working on a sort of refresher right now um, that we hope to have come out at some point this month. Um, but our website and social media handles are just anchor bat co. Um, so just, you know, anchor bat and then just shortening company to co. So those are, you know, those avenues. We do have a pop-up shop at Lake Point Sports, which is a pretty large um, baseball complex. And, and well, it's actually more than just baseball, but, you know, if you're, mm. if you're there for baseball, it's a baseball complex to you. But it's just north of Atlanta, Georgia. And we have another one in Shipyard Park. It's in Charleston, South Carolina. I guess technically Mount Pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, both of those locations, we have events roughly 30 times a year at each of those that, you know, we have a pop-up at um, with apparel and hats and bats and, you know, kind of kind of our full uh, full lineup of product. And then, you know, hopefully come, we've been working really hard for the last little over a year now. Probably, well, actually, it's probably been about 18 months to two years. Um, took us a good six months to even get people to respond from us and take us seriously about it. But um, we're looking to do some new product extensions. Um, three of the ones that we're looking at initially are metal bats, mm-hmm. um, BB core and potentially USSA out of the gate, uh, BB core for certain. And then U-Trip um, is a strong possibility to be in that initial, you know, release. Um, secondly is, batting gloves we've been working had some samples come in and we're pretty pleased with how the feedback has been and um you know kind of what they at least perform like um you know that's kind of a finicky market um to get a good quality that you know lasts long but also isn't a hundred dollar batting glove or whatnot but Mm. then um you know third is taking our apparel and letting it to, to kind of translate to the field a little bit more to the you know the workout style and athleisure that's kind of you know hit the hit the market the last few years um to have something to wear you know whether you're hopping on a road trip or you know you're going to target or you're going to eat or you're going to work out it's, it's apparel that you could wear in any of those scenarios so i think the like cool slang for it right now is athleisure it's a little bit of that lululemon type type bob and um and so those are the three big things that we've been working on for, you know, quite some time that we hope to have, um, you know, as a, as a new product extension take place either in quarter four of this year or slipping into, you know, Q1 of next year. But, um, but yeah, so those are, those are kind of some really exciting things that, and it's not like us jumping ship from, you know, the, the wood side of things, these are things that, you know, if we were to find like our initial business plan of six or seven years ago, it would, excuse me, it would have all of these things integrated in already. Um, we, we knew that at, at a certain juncture in the life cycle of the business that, you know, it was warranted to bring that in. It was necessary to bring it in, um, from a revenue perspective. And, you know, we're, we're at that point now to where, you know, our brand is decent enough um in in the space to where you know we're we we can do it and it not feel like a stretch so yeah yeah, we're we're really excited about that um and you know we'll we'll see how it all 
pans out, but we're, you know, working through our sampling and, and test models and, you know, getting some solid feedback at the moment. So we're, we're really, really excited about what the next steps with that are. Man, that that's exciting. And I think, you know, you talk about it's not jumping ship. No, it's called growth. And I think that's huge because I think so many people will be apprehensive about being great at something where, and I talked about this with a fellow friend of mine that I brought on who was a, an entrepreneur like yourself, went into a business for himself, was working in a print shop and decided to kind of go out and, and make it on his own. He decided not to be average. He decided to be great. And the thing about average and great is they're so closely related that a lot of people are just okay with being okay. And so, because it's comfortable, but nobody ever great did so by being comfortable all the time. And so stepping out of your comfort zone, stepping over into metal bats, uh, getting into that athletic apparel, getting into, you know, batting gloves. And like you said, it's a finicky market because people don't want to spend $60 for a batting glove. Cause the reality of it is it doesn't matter how well it is, how well it's made, it's going to tear up, you know, just, exactly. I mean, yeah. you're going to, you're going to be swinging in thousand degree weather. You're going to be sweating in them. Kids don't take care of them. They throw them in their bag when they're done, you know, whatever the case may be. So the fact that you guys are, are about that, that you're, you're interested in being relevant more in more than just one realm speaks volumes to you, your dad, and, and to your, to your company, man, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you being a part of this. I know that you've got a million other things you could be doing, you know, just in scheduling this, I could tell just, there's so much stuff. I mean, you, you just went and bought, you know, more than my house costs in wood and just, I know you guys are, uh, are loaded and I appreciate you taking an hour out of your time and being with us. And, um, I, I wish you guys all the best. I, I, you know, definitely be praying for you guys and we'll continue to be buying from you guys. And, uh, I appreciate you being on, man. Awesome, man. We really enjoyed the opportunity and, uh, thanks for, you know, thanks for being a supporter of us for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Guys, uh, that's, uh, that is Matt Rollins, Anchor Back Company. If you are interested, we will link everything in the show notes for you. He will be, uh, you know, he, you, he, he would probably be one of the contacts that you talk to. Maybe not, not definitely, but maybe he's, he's who I've always dealt with. Uh, but when you, you know, if you're interested, anchor, anchorbackco.com. If you go on, you know, you can Google that, you'll find all their stuff on there. Definitely go on there. Give them, give them a, a like, subscribe, you know, follow them on Instagram, uh, buy their stuff. It's smooth looking apparel. If you're, if you got kids who play baseball, if you're a, you know, major leaguer, minor leaguer, and you're listening to this thing, give them a look and uh, you won't be sorry that you did. Uh, I hope that each and every day, guys, we can be great today. Thanks for listening to Be Great Today with Coach B. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with Coach B on Twitter at Podcast Be Great and on Instagram at Be Great underscore podcast. Until next time, be great today.